0: Conflicting assumptions. A young woman called me with a shayla where she felt she knew what her baby needed. She could see what her baby was thriving on and what her baby was struggling with. But everybody was telling her, including her physicians, that science says she's wrong and she should be doing things in a different way. And I explained to her a principle that we had a few days ago, that you only consult the experts when you have a sophic. When you don't have a sofik, you don't have a Shaila. And you don't ask a Shaila if you don't have a SOFIC. You don't consult statistics. Statistics are averages. They don't necessarily apply optimally in every single case. So you use statistics and you use expert advice, whether it's in halakha or in, in, in day-to-day life. You use it when you have a doubt. Uh, one, one of the examples that Lipschitz used to speak about the fact that 9-11, there was, a, there was an accepted practice. Mm-hmm. The experts all said that if a terrorist hijacks a flight, the passengers should obey orders. They shouldn't try and intervene. They shouldn't do anything. Um, and, and the passengers in the first three uh, aircraft on 9 followed those orders. That's what they were told to do. Just leave it. Don't do anything. The passengers in the fourth uh, uh, aircraft didn't consult the, the experts. They knew you have to. we have to tackle these people. And, and yes, it will mean the loss of this aircraft and all of its passengers, but look what we'll save. There are times when you don't consult. There are times when you know what's right. Uh, and you have to make that decision. Do I really know what's right, or am I just trying to convince myself? But if intuitively you really know something... You don't have to worry about the expert, what the experts say. And that's part of the difficulty with our being bombarded with so much information. We're bombarded with information on matters we, that we might not have a doubt about. And now all of a sudden, all the experts are saying and all the experts are saying there was a, a really interesting conversation going on, the, on yesterday in, in, in a group that I was following um, claiming that there are authorities and physicians due, that, that should be charged with, with capital murder because of decisions that were made during COVID, uh, claiming that there, were, there was knowledge that the procedures weren't right for the patients. They were right for the insurance companies and they were right for the drug companies, but they weren't right for the individual patients. And, and, the, and this, the specialist was, was suggesting that there were physicians and, and certainly authorities at the CDC and elsewhere who knew that some of the procedures weren't right for the individual patients, but they made a policy based on the general... On the average, but but still, if a physician then knowing that this is not the best thing to do for this patient does so because the experts say that's the policy, that's what you have to do, isn't that isn't one guilty of, of murder in such a case? He was arguing without going into it. Yes or no? I don't know anywhere near enough, or to uh, or to comment on the politics of it. But but this idea that sometimes you know what's right and it's not an, it's not an excuse to say yes, I knew what I should do, but the experts said some, something else. At the end of the day, I have to completely different scenario, but that's what the Nazi officers claimed. We knew this was wrong, but this was the policy. We were told to do this, so we follow orders. This idea of blindly following bureaucratic orders when you know that something isn't right, isn't an excuse. Uh, and, and therefore, a mother knows a baby and, and if a mother's sure, if she's, she knows exactly what's, what's happening and she knows, we're not talking about life and death, we're not talking about the one way is is, is, is threatening to the to the health of the baby it says science says this is the better way to do things and she was sure that she tried it with her baby she was sure for my baby it isn't the better way to do things so sometimes we have to take that that's part of a a leadership decision in day-to-day life where where you're sure you know what to do you don't have to follow the crowds and we'll use that principle to explain a very difficult paradox in a halakhic reality that emerges from our Gemara here. The, the case is a Brysa at the top of the Chach Gimel Amid where a woman says, a, a woman is captured. And we know what happens if a woman is, is kidnapped and captured by uh, primitive people, we know what happens. But she says, I need to, two women were captured, and she says, I need to make she gives evidence, I was defiled, I was wrecked. But my friend was with me, they didn't touch her. I and she's believed. Um, and Raph Popper talks about this, Brother Bryce has four different cases. This is the first case, and Raph Popper says it's all talking about when there are witnesses that they were taken into captivity. We know that. So there's no peshe asar in the sense of... We'd, we wouldn't even know they were taken into captivity. No, we have witnesses they were taken into captivity. Uh, but there's one witness that opposes her story. Explains Rashi. And in, in such a situation, she is uh, permitted. So Amra, she says, have tehora. So the one witness says, No, you were the one who was defiled. Um, so, so, so she says, if she were to say, I am Tumea, I was defiled, but my friend is was not. But the witness says, I was there. You were, the one. you were not defiled. You were just trying to protect your friend. You were not defiled. And your friend was. She is forbidden now to marry a Kohen or, 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 or to her husband, whatever the case might be there, because she's made herself Asura, as we've learned many times. Uh, and Chaveta, her friend, mishtaria Pumadida, but she's given evidence that her friend is kosher. So with that part, that, that is okay. Rashi explains that in the case of a shvuyah, when the Chachamim say there's a particular case of, of, a, of an Eid Echad, of one witness being believed as two, then that Halakha is that one witness has the status of two. So normally, one witness has a din. If there's only one witness, the witness can be mechaye v'shuah, can cause the other party to have to, to have to take an oath. But the witness is not believed like two. But there are cases in halacha where the Torah gives credibility to one witness as if they were two. And this is one of the cases where we we're trying to make things easier and to get to the to the facts. Even one witness, even if the witness is a woman or a shivchad, that normally wouldn't be wouldn't be believed, in this case the one woman is believed. So whenever one witness is believed, we believe them as if there were two. And then, so so, if one witness goes against the person who says that, that, that she is tameya, we won't listen to the one witness, because the one witness is just a witness. But she has ne'amanut, she has belief as if she were two. <speaking in Hebrew> she is forbidden because she's made herself a, a Khatika di she's made herself Asura, that her friend is permitted by her evidence. She's a She is one of those witnesses that the Torah gave credibility like to. So she, this one woman who says, I am tmeya. my friend is Torah. So when you say your friend is Torah, that's like two witnesses saying your friend is pure. Your friend has not been defiled. Now one witness comes along and says your friend was defiled. We treat that like one against two. Although it's actually one against one, we treat it like one against two, is what the Gemara says. What I want to get to is a uh, uh, kasher that the Maharival asked. The Maharival was a, a, a godel in the time of, of the Shulchanoruch. He, he had close connections with the, with the Mechabu, with Rabbi Yosef Cairo, although uh, he was uh, a dian in Salonika and later on in Istanbul. So he was from that part of the, of the world. And he asks the question, what happens with a woman who says, I'm a married woman, and these two were the the witnesses at my wedding. And these two witnesses come, and they say, we don't know what she's talking about. We were not at any such wedding. We never saw her get married. And the Marival asks, this is brought in the Mishnah Lemelech in Hilchus Yishut, the Mishnah Lemelech asks, the Marival asks, is there, or he was asked, do we treat it as Shaviyon Lemelech? So we have no evidence that she's a married woman. A woman comes from overseas, we don't know her, we look her up on, on Facebook, then LinkedIn, there's nothing mentioned, she has no, no presence. We... She says, I'm married, and these two people were at my wedding. The two people say we weren't. Don't know what she's talking about. Is she a married woman or not? She wants to remarry. Can she? Uh, is she allowed to? Or are we going to say, where's your get? So the um, Mishnah Melech brings a Tshuves HaRashbo, where the Rashbo was asked an, a, a similar question in a different situation. A man shechted animals for a, a non-Jewish butcher, and there were witnesses present. The witnesses say you did she- We were there when you shechted this animal. He says I did not shech this animal. It was not the shechit. You've got such a situation. There's meat. There's meat available. The, the witnesses say the meat is kosher. and sir, very from yore Shemaim, knowledgeable shechit shechted the animal. We saw it. He says I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't shechted any animals today. What do you do? Says the, 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 we believe this man for himself. So the sheikhet cannot eat the meat because he says, I never sheikhet it. For, for him, it's asur. Just as if a woman says, or if a man says, I, I married you, and she says, you didn't marry me, He can't marry her relatives, but she can marry his relatives. So you see, you can have a split situation like that, where for one person she's X and for somebody else she's Y. It's just a completely paradoxical reality. You've got this woman, is she married? You have a a woman or a, a man wants to marry the relatives, the sister of the woman to whom he says he was married. So we say, you can't. If you were married to her, you can't marry the sister. But she says, I wasn't. He never married me. And I want to marry his his brother. That's fine. You can marry his brother, but he can't marry your sister. Because for him, you're a married woman. And for you, you're not a married woman. So says the Rash, well, we see those cases where we've got to treat the object in, in two opposite ways because of the the level of evidence. And so the Mishnah Melech Paskins on the basis of this Rashbor and he brings a Baal Hamor and he says, I have not seen anybody who disagrees with the Rashbo, As crazy as the outcome seems to be, I haven't seen anybody who who disagrees with the Rashbor. So what what do we have here? We have, it, it's just very difficult to understand the situation like this. And in, in the case based on al here, or, or developing, al gemara is talking where it's her against one other witness. So we say she's like two and the other one is like one. But what would happen if there were two witnesses against her? She says, I'm Temeah. I was defiled. I was raped. Two witnesses say you weren't. How will we treat her? So we see from here, says the Mishnah Melech, in a case like this, we'll treat her for herself by her words. If you believe you were raped, you were raped. For everybody else will follow the two witnesses. How does one understand that? One can only understand that with the principle that I started off with. When you don't have a Sophic, you don't consult the experts. ADIM are experts. Adim, You bring ADIM in to resolve doubt, but what happens if you don't have a doubt? Then you don't say, well, there are two ADIM that say, I married her, I don't believe I ever married her, or vice versa. I'd better follow the two ADIM. That's the expert advice. But you don't have a sophic You don't have a doubt. That's the idea of Shaviel and Afshir Chachachad Yisura. Shaviel and Afshir as we've learned before, could mean. It's like a neder. For me, it's a subjective thing. I've made the sasura, But there's a strong view in the Rishonim. It's not because of Nedir, It actually is her reality. So if it's her reality is I was raped, then for you, you were raped. But you've got witnesses who say it's not true. You were suffering from some mental condition that you didn't realize. You were not raped at all. We were there. Now, she could say, okay, I, I accept that. But she doesn't have to say that. If she says no, if she stands by her words, the same as the shokhet. The shokhet says, I did not, I did not check. The two witnesses said we were standing there. It was only a few hours ago. We saw you, sheikh, the animal. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. They say, you'd better go and see a psychiatrist. He says, there's nothing wrong with me. If you have clarity, you don't have to listen to the experts. If you have clarity, you don't have to go by what the ADIM say. We, based in, we have to go by the ADIM because we have a doubt. He says one thing, they say another thing, we've got a doubt, the Torah says, Alpishnaim ADIM, you've got to follow the witnesses. But he doesn't have to follow the witnesses because when you're sure of something, when you're absolutely sure of something, you act on the basis of what you're sure of. You don't start pitting statistics and experts and data against what you know to be true. That's part of the the challenges that we have today is the intimidation. We are so intimidated by data that we're losing our sense of intuition. We're making life decisions based on data that doesn't apply to us or might not apply to us. Yes, one can be aware of the data, but if even after seeing the data, you feel very sure that I have no doubt. I don't have a sophic. There's no need to do so. As we said often, even in, in Shaila's halacha, a Shaila in halacha is their tzadim. This could be the case or that could be the case. This could be this case because of ABCD. That could be the case because of XYZ. So, and now I don't know what to do because I could argue both sides of the... So I have a sofik. Now you need expert advice. You need to ask a shailah from a poisek. But if you don't have any doubt, you've learned through the halachas, you know what you're talking about, you yourself are a and you don't have any sophic You don't have any doubt. You don't have to be running with, with shailahs because we don't, we don't ask questions when we have, uh, we, when we have certainty. And, and, that's, and that's something in every position of leadership, and we've talked often about the fact that we're all in positions of leadership. Anytime we, we have to influence the way another person acts or thinks or feels, uh, we, we're, we're leading them. And in leadership, there are times when we have to take very careful cognizance about prevailing views, expert opinions, statistics. We have to take cognizance of that, and there are times when not. And the important difference is for, our, for ourselves. So you could say, one person could say, but I do have a doubt, so I'm following statistics. Fine, you do that. I don't have a doubt, so I'm not following statistics. And we have to be able to respect that in each other. That's okay. A person says, and again, without getting into the politics of it or the medicine of it, a person says, I'm no, I know that vaccinations are bad for me. I'm not going, I, I know that. I don't care what, this, what the science says. Fine, that's your decision. That's your opinion. If you don't have a question, do what you want to do. But, but one has to be able to respect, and what's difficult in the debates today, not just in this area, in all these areas, is the inability to respect an individual who says, I don't need to go with the data because I'm absolutely sure in my mind that I'm doing the right thing. Fine, so for you it's right, for everybody else it's wrong. It's okay to live with that par- paradox. For you something might be right, for everybody else it's wrong, and that's fine. That's okay. That's the way one can understand some of these otherwise very paradoxical halakhot.